This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I want to make this one a kind of a quick little episode because I was inspired after talking with a client just now. Uh, We had a great conversation and I wanted to kind of reflect on that and also enlighten you all with what we talked about because I think it has a bigger impact than we tend to give it credit for. So as the title of this episode alludes to, we're going to be talking about the nutrition ripple effect. And this is something that maybe you haven't even thought about, or maybe you're like, well, duh, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. I've been talking about that for a while or whatever. But it's something that that this particular client felt very um, empowered to understand more about how her choices have a ripple effect into other areas. So how I look at the nutrition ripple effect is in two ways. The first one is what people I think tend to gravitate towards or tend to think about when it comes to making new changes or healthy habits. And it's how one small habit that you have can turn into another. So for example, I hear a lot of people say like, when I start eating healthier, I exercise or vice versa. When I start walking, it makes me want to naturally eat a little bit better or differently. And, you know, that's, it's also called habit stacking in kind of the habit development world. It's called habit stacking. So it's you do one small thing and then you build upon that. So that one small thing might be I'm just going to get new walking shoes and that turns into I might as well put them on and that turns into I'm going to go for a walk today and that turns into I'm going to walk every day or, or a couple t- days a week or whatever. So that habit stacking is how our brains remain safe. They feel safe. Anytime that you are going to make a big drastic change, or even if it's not a big drastic change, but any change to our brains, our subconscious brains, the whole job of our subconscious brain is to keep our body safe. And predictability is safe. That is a safe thing for us. Even if the predictable thing or habit that we're doing is not beneficial to our health. So again, if you wake up one day and you're like, I probably am going to run a marathon, you know, that's going to be a goal of mine, which actually I, I did. I woke up one day. I'm like, I want to train for a marathon. Um, But anyways, that to your brain is going to be very unsafe. It's going to think, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to throw up all the stops I can because it's too big of a leap. It's too big of a jump from where you're at now, which maybe you have never run before to doing the thing that it is unpredictable of how your body's going to respond, your brain now thinks, no, I'm going to throw up all the stops. And that's where you start to have those days where you're like, "Eh, I'm not going to run today. I'm going to not do this. And you have all these self-sabotagers. So habit stacking, the theory behind habit stacking is one little thing shows your brain and shows your body that it's safe. You know, you can just go buy running shoes. That's safe. That doesn't mean anything. It's safe. You can start by walking. That's safe. You can start by lightly jogging and walking. Your brain's like, okay, we're we're good here. We're not dying. 
And then you gradually increase that until all of a sudden you're running a marathon. So to go from not running to running a marathon would be too big of a jump and your body and your brain would freak out. So one small habit can turn into another habit stacking. It helps to build your confidence and creates the space for more habits to develop. And we had a great conversation around competence and confidence. So it's two different words and they have different meanings, but they inter, they, they play off of each other. So when you are competent in something, that builds your confidence. If your competence is low, most likely your confidence is low. So for example, if you've never cooked vegetables in your entire life, you're probably going to be pretty low confidence that you're going to add in cooked vegetables, right? You may think like, I can't do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a veggie eater. But if you start to gain the skills around cooking the vegetables and your skill set slowly increases, your confidence is going to increase. And again, your repetition of actions and behaviors is what forms a habit. So the more you repeatedly try cooking broccoli or whatever, the more competent you become in it and that increases your confidence. And when your confidence is high in something, you're more likely to continue it. So you can hopefully kind of see how all of that ties together and blends beautifully together into creating lasting healthy habits. So again, the ripple effect of changing one thing in your nutrition or your health in general, but let's focus on nutrition. The ripple effect could then be, oh, I'm going to start having breakfast. Oh, I like having breakfast. I'm going to start adding a veggie in with my breakfast. Hey, that I felt really good doing that. I'm going to start adding a veggie in at lunch as well. I feel great doing that. I'm going to start adding a veggie in at every meal. So it builds upon itself. That ripple effect cascades out and it affects other areas of your life as well. So again, when people start to eat a little bit more supportive for their body, maybe they're getting more fiber, maybe they're getting more antioxidants and anti-inflammatory foods, then all of a sudden they start sleeping better. And then when they start sleeping better, they have the energy to start exercising regularly. And when they have the energy to start exercising regularly, their stress level goes down. When their stress level goes down, more people enjoy being around them and or their relationships improve or they get confidence to go and strike up conversations with people. The ripple effect can be ever expanding. And when you stop and really, really think about all of the positive things that come out of one action, it truly is amazing. So if you can, if you have a moment today, or if, if sometimes I like to wake up the first thing in the morning before I kind of get up, I'll just think of like one positive thought or one one thing that I want to really be intentional about for the day. Try doing that the next time that you wake up tomorrow morning or whenever. Just think, what one positive change have you done lately? Have you started drinking more water? If that's the case, what other things have ripple affected out from that, if that's even a phrase? But what other things have you noticed benefiting just because of that one action? So just take some time and really like, you know, think clearly on that and, and expand on that a little bit. And you'd be, you'd be surprised the things that are actually intertwined and related that you never would have thought. 
So the, that's one aspect of the, rif- the ripple effect, the ripple effect within yourself. The second way that you can have a ripple effect is within your environment or with those around you. So obviously as a mom of four, and if you're a parent or a grandparent, or even if you're not a parent, kids around you have that ability to be a part of the ripple effect. So when it comes to kids, you as a parent or as an authority figure, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a coach, whatever, maybe you're an aunt or uncle, whatever it is, chances are you have some sort of impact on a child in some way. So what this does, when you change your nutrition, for example, and again, I don't want to make it seem like you have to do a complete overhaul of your nutrition and start fresh. But when you make one little change, if you have a goal around doing something and you make one little change, the ripple effect with those around you can also be measured. So when it comes to kids, if you're a parent, and I'm going to give some examples of how I've noticed this in my own life, but what that does is it normalizes whatever pattern you're trying to create. It normalizes that for your child or grandchild or whatever. Think about that for a second. If you saw, if you as a child, you were a child and you see your parents or caregivers or authority figures in your life doing a behavior or a pattern or a habit, that's gonna be normal for you. You're gonna be like, well, yeah, everybody does that. My parents do that, everybody does that. This can go both ways. Kids who see their parents smoking, they think it's normal. Kids who see their parents eating salads with dinner every night, they think that's normal. So it can go either way. It just is. It's not right or wrong. It just is. So think about that. Also, it becomes what what's normal to them becomes their foundation. It becomes their comfort and their familiar thing. And again, this could go both ways. It could go towards unhealthy things that is a comfort for them and familiar to them and their core foundation, or it could be more supportive things that tend to have a a lasting effect on their health. So for example, if you're, I've given the example before of a client who didn't realize that not everybody had ice cream after dinner every single night, but to her, that was her family's foundation. Now it's not right or wrong, but to her, she wasn't in, it, it took her until she was in college and away from home to realize, oh, That's normal for me. That's a foundation for me, but not everyone has that. So again, not right or wrong. It just is. But what your little changes can do is plant the seed of normalcy and a foundation for your kids. And it doesn't matter if your kids are older or younger, it's still normalizing it because they are receptive to their environment and they are picking up on what anybody around them is doing. So it can it can be kind of that foundational thing for them. And they are more likely to then develop this pattern or habit. Again, it can go in the direction of you have ice cream every single night, or it could go in the direction of you have salads every single night or whatever. You know, those who grow up drinking soda or sweet tea with every meal, that's normal for them. That's a comfort for them. You think about comfort foods in times of someone needing comfort, what are they going to rely on? What gave them comfort in the first place? So as a, as a caregiver of children or as a authority figure in some way, 
that has a ripple effect. What you are doing has a ripple effect with them. I want to share a story. I know I've shared this story before. It's probably in the earlier podcast episodes and I've, I've done presentations when I've shared this story, but, but it gives a beautiful example of how your children are so receptive to what is going on in their environment. So one of my daughters, I have three daughters, uh, three of my four kids are, are daughters. Um, but one of them at the time she was six years old and she started liking salads and we didn't put much thought to it. It's just, you know, we would have a salad and she goes, I want one. So she would have a salad. And we had the conversation not around, oh, good, you should eat that salad. Salads are good for you. You should eat it. It was more around what salads can do for her. And so that was the conversation in our house. Just a little bit of a, a, a different way of approaching it. So we would say, oh, it looks like you're, you must be going through a growth spurt because you're, you're wanting salad and salads are good. They're help, they will help your body grow. It helps your body build tissue and it helps your body heal and all that. So that was the conversation we had. The next day she went to school and the school had a salad bar and, you know, she's in elementary school. So she had a salad. She came home and she was kind of, I could tell something was wrong. I said, what's wrong? And she said, the kids at school all made fun of her for choosing salad. And I go, oh, that must've made you feel sad. She said, yeah, it kind of did. And I said, well, what did you do? And she said, well, I told them I'm going through a growth spurt and the salad is going to help me. And I was like, oh, that's a great way. Good job. You know, again, receptive to her environment, picked up on what we were laying down. And she, she told that to her class. The next day she came home from school beaming and skipping. And I said, what's, what's going on? And she said, Every single kid in her class chose salad that day. So again, the ripple effect is not only with your own kids, but it could extend even further into who your kids have in their environment. So of course I have to share that at every moment I get because it was such a proud moment, but it was also such a moment of clarity around the fact that they're going to pick up on habits regardless So I want to make sure that the way we're talking about food and the way that we're choosing our foods and why is definitely part of that decision for them to be able to build upon and use for themselves. So again, your kids are a big part of the ripple effect because obviously they're in your environment, but also your other family members. So things, you know, people like spouses or your siblings or extended family or neighbors or, um, co-workers or whoever you have around you. You know, it was Jim Rohn who said you become an average of the five people you surround yourself with. So if you're in the process of wanting to make changes, that can be very scary on the level of sometimes we don't want to impact the people around us. But I invite you to look at it in a different way. Are you the catalyst for your people to make change? Or are you the person who who maybe needs to find other people who are more supportive of the choices that you're wanting to make? But, you know, that ripple effect is something to think about. So when you are faced with, I really want to add in more fiber, I really want to add in more vegetables or whatever, but my friends don't don't like vegetables, my family don't doesn't like vegetables, you can use that as something that's going to keep you safe and keep you from changes or you could think of it as maybe they need me to be the start of the change that they also want to see. 
it takes one person, one choice, one change. So maybe that's what you are meant to be for those around you. And I don't want you to make changes solely for the point of, you know, trying to impress other people or trying to change other people. You make the changes based on what you are wanting, but do not let the people around you impede you from making those changes. So I want you to decide what your first step is and be unapologetic about it. If you want to start eating vegetables with every meal, you don't need anyone's permission. If you want to stop buying cookies or chips and having that stuff in the house, you don't need anyone's permission. If you feel like you do, well, then here, I'll write you a permission slip for crying out loud. But you do not need anyone's permission. You may hear some backlash from people in your household, especially when you're sharing uh, a household with people who maybe aren't on the same page yet as you. That's okay, though. You might hear some griping. You might hear some complaints. That's okay. You have to be comfortable with knowing the changes that you're making for you will also have a ripple effect for them, but it's not up to you to change them. Okay. I want to say that again. It's not up to you to change them. A lot of times spouses or or women especially will start working with me and then say like, well, I want to change how my, my husband eats or my, my spouse eats or whatever. And I say, that's great. And they might get a little bit of that by default based on how you're cooking. However, you're not in charge of how they eat. It's not up to you to make those choices for them. They need to make those choices. And a lot of times that can be very freeing from somebody. We have all this pressure on ourselves to make sure the kids eat okay and make sure everyone's eating healthy and all that. You don't need to be that. You just need to focus on you and trust the fact that the ripple effect will take over. So you are setting the intention to create a new habit or a new mindset around nutrition or your health. And that's the most important thing. I know it will be hard. I know it will be because I have been there. When I switched over our peanut butter from one of, I don't want to say the brand, but one of the more popular brands that has sugar and high fructose corn syrup and whatnot in it, I switched us to a completely natural one that literally has just peanuts and I think maybe a little bit of sea salt in it and that's it. I got quite the backlash over it. I mean, it was one of those things, you know, I talk a lot about improving the things that you have most often because that's what you're exposing yourself to most often. So peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, not necessarily a bad food choice, but depending on the type of bread you're having, depending on the type of peanut butter you're having, depending on the type of jelly or jam that you're using on there, it can turn not as supportive and healthy in rather quickly. So that was my focus. Our family, that was our go-to. The kids would have peanut butter and jelly. I would have peanut butter and jelly most days. And so when I really started to look at the quality of the bread and the quality of the peanut butter and all the things, I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to swap this out. But I got the backlash over it. My husband wasn't happy. <laughs> One of my kids even boycotted peanut butter and jelly. And, and she still does. And that's okay, though. Because the whole point, the whole intention was to limit the chemicals, limit the artificial ingredients in the foods that the kids were having and us and, and the grownups were having. And in this case, mission accomplished because she decided I'm not having peanut butter and jelly then. Well, okay because you're still not exposed to that. So that's okay. She chose not to eat the natural brand. 
So either way, she's not getting those sweeteners. And, you know, I, I have, uh, I have a number of friends who are intuitive eating coaches and, you know, they're the intuitive eating is a wonderful network of people who, um, choose to not have food be shameful. And, and I love the messaging behind it. So I had an intuitive eating friend of mine ask if I was afraid that switching the peanut butter would cause them to have increased cravings down the road or somehow cause a backlash. And I answered her in an empathetic, like, no, I'm not afraid of that at all because peanut butter is not banned. It's not a no-no food. My kids can eat peanut butter at friends' houses or restaurants or at parties or at school or wherever. I made the intention that the one that we have at home that they were having regularly was the natural one with nothing else added to it. What they have at home they're having on a far more regular basis. So I chose to make that one the all natural one with just peanuts and a little bit of salt. They have the freedom though to choose if they want the other brands when they're offered them. Sometimes they do have them and sometimes they don't. And I don't make a big deal over it either way. They can tell the difference though between the super sweetened ones now, but the choice is still theirs. It's just not what we have at home. So again, when talking about creating the foundation or their sense of normal, this is now normal to them. Now they may choose to have the other brands when they go to college or have their own homes, but the natural peanut butter is kind of the foundation and that has been laid and that's what's normal to them now. So it's a super silly example, but hopefully you can reflect on how that may ring true for you in your life with your environment and your family. So again, the ripple effect of even minor choices that you make around your nutrition or around your exercise or around your health in any way can really have a far expanding reach. And it's kind of cool to think how one small choice, you know, you having an apple at lunch can really ripple out into other things and impact people in other ways that you may not even know. So when you feel like you're not doing enough, or when you feel like, what is this even doing for me? If I eat this way, or if I do that thing, what is that even really going to do? Is it really going to make a difference? Yes, it absolutely will. Even if it's just one apple, Even if it's just one 15-minute walk, it has a ripple effect and it has the potential to have such a huge impact that until you really get quiet and really get intentional with how it's impacting other people or how it's impacting you or how it's impacting your environment or how it's impacting future habits that you're going to create, the ripple effect is there. So your kind of homework, if you choose, is... Think of one thing that you've recently changed or added into your nutrition. Just one little thing. Maybe it's water. Maybe it's adding in vegetables. Maybe it's reducing something, whatever. How has that impacted you right now? And what has been the ripple effect from that? Because I guarantee there's something. Writing it out can be really powerful to really see all the ways, but if you don't want to write it, if you're not a journaling type, that's okay too. But really just reflect on that and see. So we went a little longer than I had intended. I thought this was only going to be like a 10 minute episode, but 
as you can tell, this has a big impact and there's a lot. Once you start seeing the patterns, you see them everywhere. So I would love if you notice something or if you had a cool ripple effect story, please find me on social media and tag me in a post or tag me in you know, something on there and let me know or send me a DM and let me know what your cool ripple effect story is. And I would love to celebrate that with you because I find them so interesting and fascinating. So tag me at Food Factor Nutrition and I'd love to hear your story as well. If you found this episode helpful, please do me a favor and like it, add a review, share it. That's really helpful for me to get this show seen in front of more people so that they can learn the things that you're learning and hopefully it can have the ripple effect on their lives as well. Thank you again for listening and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.